The eyes to the right, 202. The nose to the left, 432. The eyes to the right, 202. The nose to the the eyes to the right, 202. The nose to the left, 432. So the nose have it, the nose have it. Unlock! That was just one vote on the 15th of January. Now let's turn to the 16th of January and hear another historic moment. The eyes to the right, 306. The nose to the left, 325. And that was a moment that Theresa May's government secured the confidence of Parliament. An interesting and historic 24 hours in British politics. But now what happens? So, welcome to the Sug Sound political podcast, an emergency edition on the crushing defeat that's just been inflicted on Theresa May's EU withdrawal deal. And I have with me on the show tonight, Josh Godfrey, who is a previous guest on this podcast, doesn't support another referendum and works for a MP. Hi, Josh. Hi, Hugo. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Um, a strange sense of, um, A, I knew it was coming, but B, um, a sense of annoyance and anger at the same time. Um, we just have to, it's just, I don't think there are any words to describe what on earth is going on right now. I think that's probably the sense of how most of the country is feeling watching the telly. They just have absolutely no idea what's going on and as somebody who works in politics um i don't know either <laughs> and if you don't know um well exactly how else is anyone else going to know yeah so josh can you give us a bit of an update uh seeing as you work for an mp oh, not just because of that but just because you're in the political arena yeah. of the uh kind of scale of defeat what kind of happened because um, we had an amendment vote before the actual uh, withdrawal agreement vote. So, do you want? Can you briefly explain that? If not, don't worry. But. Yeah, sure. I will try my best. So, basically, obviously, the the speaker selected four amendments, uh, and then when it came down to it, um, Jeremy Corbyn, uh, Ian Blackford, uh, and um, one of a backbench Conservative MP. Uh, insistent um, that his amendment would be voted on and as as your listeners might have seen on the news and seen on Twitter, uh, it was very heavily defeated um, by a majority of about of over 500. Uh, so that was to do with the, the backstop and uh, his amendment wanted to ensure the UK could unilaterally um, withdraw from the backstop that everyone really hates. Uh, but what that would have done was that would have changed the withdrawal agreement uh, and it would have made it void because then the agreement 
that MPs voted on would not have been the agreement that the EU 27 um, approved. So we'd have been in an even worse situation if that amendment had had gone through, which thankfully didn't. Uh, and then what happened next was obviously the MPs went through the lobby and the government uh, was defeated on its Brexit uh, deal by uh, a very big margin. I think, to be fair, it was within the uh, margins of what the press were predicting um, anyway. Uh, but nonetheless, it, so, you know, it is a bruising defeat. I don't think anyone um, can sugarcoat that. Um, and so, you know, what's going to happen next is the Prime Minister responded and said, uh, and I think quite rightly too, that she is going to have conversations now with colleagues from uh, all sides of the House, because as she pointed out, MPs may have rejected um, her deal and the government's deal, um, but they haven't um, given a verdict on what they actually would support uh, in the House of Commons. Nobody has an idea of any idea that could muster uh, a majority in, in the House. And then the Prime Minister obviously said um, the government will make time tomorrow for a, com a no confidence uh, motion, which then Jeremy Corbyn um, has tabled. So what will happen tomorrow is we'll go through another long, intense debate on whether MPs have confidence uh, in the in the current government. Uh, I think the government's going to to win that vote. Um, the DUP, who um, you know, have that confidence and supply deal with the Conservatives, uh, they said they're going to back the government. Um, the ERG, um, the, you know, the cabal of. Uh, hard Brexiteers, they are also backing the government. So um, the government's going to win tomorrow, barring uh, a catastrophe. So, you know, it's, a, it's really a waste of time uh, what's going to happen tomorrow because the government's going to win. Um, and then on Monday or before Monday, uh, the government has to come back to Parliament and set out what on earth it intends to do uh, next. Uh, and to that question i have no idea what's going to happen i think somebody said anyone who tells you uh for certain they know what's going to happen is lying and i i think that's very true yeah so that's a very long a very long answer but that is sort of i hope uh, explains you know what's what's happened or what's going to happen but you know in the next 24 hours for sure and thank you for that I have a couple of questions, and I I have a view on it, on them as well. But um, the the scale of the defeat, two hundred and thirty majority mm -hmm. um, against the government. It's the highest. It actually breaks two records. It's the highest rebellion in modern history, and yep. it's also the highest, biggest ever conservative rebellion in history. Mm -hmm. um, now, obviously, for you and I, who are both. Uh, supporters of the Conservative Party, that that isn't great, but this podcast isn't just a Conservative mouthpiece and I don't no, want it to not. be. Um, so I was watching uh, the news straight after and someone said, um, as much as Parliament talks about their non-support for no deal, like there's this talk of a o overwhelming support for no deal, Actually, a commentator said, by 230 MP majority, um, 
that that's a majority for no deal because a default position if we don't leave on the withdrawal agreement that yes has just yep. been voted down but could come before parliament again so not ruling that out um because i don't think we can i think it's unlikely to come <laughs> before parliament again uh but mm-hmm. it could um that's effectively a majority vote for no deal which is which raises a really interesting question of because we know that actually there is no majority for a second referendum there is no majority for Norway plus mm-hmm. there is no majority for Canada mm-hmm. there is now no majority for May's deal overwhelmingly and all the talk is we don't want no deal so yeah what 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 what's your take on that do you think that was a a vote against oh sorry a vote for no deal because there isn't a majority for anything else right now uh, i think it was uh, it was a vote against <coughs> sorry i got sink on my throat it was a, it was a vote um against <coughs> sorry about that um i think you know it was a vote against the prime minister's deal it wasn't a vote on anything else you know we can't rule out anything you know in this uncertain world in which we're now in one thing is for certain and hasn't changed as a result of tonight is that the legal default position as he rightly said uh, is that whatever happens uh, it's enshrined in uk law that we are leaving uh, the eu on march 29th so what happened tonight doesn't uh, change that um, and uh, you know I've seen Boris already come out on TV saying that uh, the Prime Minister's deal uh, is dead uh, in its current form mm-hmm. uh, and that the Prime Minister now has a huge mandate to go back to Brussels to renegotiate and as much as I usually disagree with Boris I think he has a point on that I think what will happen um, is that the government will come back on Monday, the Prime Minister will come back, she will tell the House that she is going back to to Brussels um, and, you know, she's going to tell them that the deal we've agreed in its current form is never going to get through the House of Commons. So if you want to avoid a no deal as much as the EU say they want to, uh, they need to compromise more than they currently have done. And... I think if we can get some legal guarantee on the backstop, either um, an an end date or to ensure that it is only temporary, that it cannot be a permanent uh, relationship. Um, You know, we've seen the likes of Jacob Rees-Mogg say if the the backstop was taken out of the deal uh, or if there was a legal guarantee that he could bring himself to vote for the deal. And I think that's what possibly could happen. And the Prime Minister will bring that renegotiated deal, should we call it her deal plus, um, back to the House. And I think perhaps on the second attempt, uh, it has a much better chance of um, getting through the House of Commons. But what I, the scenario I've just laid out is one of just uh, dozens Many. of scenarios that, that could actually happen before March. Yeah. And there was talk about a Liberal Democrat voting for the deal. Um, But we have since found out that no Liberal Democrats have voted for the deal. 
Uh, no DUP members voted for the deal. No. Uh, only... only three, only three Labour MPs rebelled uh, tonight and voted with the government. Yeah, do you have the names for them? I couldn't find them straight uh, off. Kate Hurry. John Mann, which we sort of knew about. Um, I think that, uh, I, I know it's John Mann, I'm trying to pick the other two, but only Kate three Hurry. Labour MPs rebelled. Um, of course, all representing Leave constituency. So the issue for Labour is that, as we know, six out of ten Labour constituencies are Leave constituencies, and the vast, barring three of them, they tonight voted against uh, the Prime Minister's deal. So they now have to go back to their constituents and explain to them why they did not vote for a deal which I believe uh, delivers uh, Brexit, and they are going to have to face the repercussions just as much as Conservative MPs uh, and the Conservative Party is divided. Uh, the Labour Party uh, is just as divided tonight as it ever has been. Yeah, and that brings us nice, uh, nicely on to the next topic of, um, or sorry, the next part of this whole thing, which is the uh, confidence uh, motion that Jeremy Corbyn has tabled. And I, um, sorry, just to clarify, I was saying Kate Hurry, uh, who's a prominent Labour mm-hmm. uh, kind of Brexiteer, who she actually didn't support the deal. She voted with her whip. So, uh, yeah, just I thought she voted against. Um, <clears throat> before we move on to Corbyn for a second, uh, John Claude Juncker, the EU. Commission President put out has put out a tweet. Um, okay, well, it's new to me. <laughs> which is, I take note with regret of the outcome of the vote in the House of Commons this evening. I urge the UK to clarify its intentions as soon as possible. Time is almost up. Hashtag Brexit. Uh, so, the EU are obviously not in a very happy place right now. Well, I, and, you know, on John Claude Juncker, you know, uh, I think if they had given us more in that negotiation, um, perhaps the defeat tonight wouldn't have happened. Uh, I'm not saying the Prime Minister would have got a huge majority, but, you know, I think if the EU had given us a bit more uh, in negotiation, then perhaps the deal tonight would have passed. And the EU talk about how they do not want a no deal. Well, because of their positioning in negotiations, they have made that outcome more likely than it has done um, before. So the outcome that they have wanted to avoid through uh, their behaviour in negotiations, uh, they have they have may have brought about that situation which they did not want to see. Um, so it's all good and well for John Claude Juncker to state that you know, Britain needs to clarify its position. But I think the EU tonight needs to take a long, hard look at itself uh, and decide how it will treat the UK uh, going forward after tonight. But they're, they're stuck, aren't they, the EU? And I'm <clears throat> I'm sitting on the fence here and I don't wholeheartedly disagree with you. But if they made a really sweet deal for the UK, mm-hmm. a cake with cherries on top and ice cream on the side... Uh, because there's lots of been lots of talk about food, um, it would make it more palatable for 
other countries who have got the uprising of populism and kind of anti-establishment and anti-EU movements coming into their politics, it would make it easier for other countries to kind of follow suit and go, well, yeah, but hang on. The the UK got a sweet deal. Like, I want I want UK. I want UK plus yeah, plus. Yeah, I'm completely with you. If I, was a, if I worked in the EU, if I was Jean-Claude Juncker, I would be saying that. I would not be giving the, de- the UK a deal that would be better than being a member because... You know, Jean-Claude Juncker wants to keep countries in his club. He doesn't want them leaving like we are in March. And if he gave the UK, you know, a deal that on the face of it looked better than actually being a member, then you're quite right. Countries like Italy uh, and, you know, some of the Balkan countries, the people there are rightly going to say, well, if the UK can have a deal with the EU which is better than being a member. They don't have to pay all that money um, and accept all of the uh, the membership, uh, you know, the membership um, that comes with being, uh, you know, being a member of the EU. Uh, then, you know, they're going to push for a similar deal for their country. So, you know, I do completely understand uh, the EU's position. And you're right, they are stuck between a rock and a hard place because on the one hand, they do want a good relationship with us in the UK. Uh, but on the other hand, they don't want to give us um, too sweet a deal uh, because then their remaining members might want to leave the club as well. Yeah. OK, um, I'm just going to bring you Jeremy Corbyn. And... The government has lost the confidence of this House and this country. I therefore, Mr Speaker, inform you I have now tabled a motion of no confidence in this government. And I'm pleased, I'm pleased that motion will be debated tomorrow. So- and that was Jeremy Corbyn just there, who about probably two, three minutes after the vote was declared, got up on his feet after Theresa May and uh, declared he has just tabled a motion of no confidence. So under the Fixed Term Parliaments Act, which is really crucial in, in this whole thing around Jeremy Corbyn and him trying to get a general election, the Fixed Term Parliament, Parliaments Act effectively removed the power prior to 2011, removed the power from the Prime Minister to be able to just dissolve and mm-hmm. Parliament and call a general election themselves, herself or himself, and pushed it back to either a vote of no confidence, which goes through a fourteen day cycle, uh, or maximum fourteen day cycle, yeah, or a supermajority in the House of Commons. Um, so. You were saying at the beginning of this, a very interesting 24 hours. What what do you think is going to happen? So the, the debate on the confidence motion starts at, I, I've read, at 1pm tomorrow mm-hmm. and certainly concludes... Yeah, it'll be after PMQ. So uh, what I think will happen was nothing will change. The, the government <laughs> we have today will be the government that we have this time tomorrow night because the DUP... Um, you know, as much as they hate the deal which they voted against, uh, the DUP, um, you know, hate the thought of a Corbyn government just as much. So they've already confirmed that they're going to back the government as part of the confidence and supply 
uh, deal and the you know some of the ERG which is obviously the the hardcore group of Brexiteers um, who you know aren't supportive of the Prime Minister are going to vote for the government um, tomorrow because as much as Conservative MPs hate the Prime Minister's deal um, as we know over a hundred of them do um, and as much as uh, you know, perhaps they voted against her in their leadership uh, confidence vote last year. Uh, they do not want to see Jeremy Corbyn in number 10. And if they voted against the government tomorrow, that's a, an outcome that they could achieve. So Conservative MPs are not going to vote against their own government because they do not want, particularly in the climate we are now, a, a general election. So, you know, bar, barring a catastrophe, and something major happening. Uh, Theresa May will remain Prime Minister tomorrow. Uh, the government will remain in place. Um, I, you know, taking my Conservative hat off, um, you know, it is right, I, you know, if I was working for Jeremy Corbyn, absolutely I'd be telling him uh, to go for a no confidence motion because uh, now is a good opportunity more than ever to put the knife into the government even more, to kick it when it's down, if it can fall any further than it currently is um, and he needs to show the British people that he is um, doing what his job title uh, says and is the official opposition leader uh, you know putting my conservative hat back on um, you know we can criticize the prime minister as much as he wants and call her the worst prime minister we've ever had but you know Jeremy Corbyn is the worst leader of the opposition uh, that we've ever seen and in fact the Lib Dems and the SNP and some of Jeremy's uh, own backbenchers have been better uh, opposition leaders than the official opposition leader uh, himself. Uh, you know, he, he says one thing to Remainers uh, in London and in Wakefield uh, on Friday he tells Leavers another thing and I think he is being found out for being uh, the uh, deceitful man, which he is. He's believed up until now that he can be all things to all people. And as we're seeing in the opinion polls, I think one was out yesterday, which is giving the Conservatives a six-point lead. Now, after what's happened to nine, and after eight years of, nearly nine years of Conservative government, we should not be six points ahead of the official opposition party it should jeremy corbyn's party should be six points ahead of the incumbent conservative uh, government so i think that's a pretty damning indictment on jeremy corbyn's leadership and his you know absolute failure to um oppose the government yeah and there has been a lot of criticism leveled at corbyn lately um, because and rightly he... so, I, I think it's about time uh, that he was sussed out, and I think his members too. As much as there is, there remains a cult around uh, Jeremy, and I see it every day in my job in Redditch, The cult that is is behind the Labour leader. Uh, I think many members are now seeing him for the the weak and deceitful leader that he has been, because he's promising one group one thing and promising another group uh, another. And, you know, as a Conservative, I am thankful that Jeremy Corbyn is leader of the opposition. I think if anyone else was leading the Labour Party, Yvette Cooper, 
uh, even Andy Burnham, somebody like that, uh, we would be well and truly stuffed. Um, and so, you know, as a conservative, Corbyn is the greatest gift that uh, he could, uh, the Labour Party have ever given us. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, <clears throat> do you, um, in, in terms of, uh, sorry, tapping back to the uh, no confidence motion, because 117 of Theresa May's MPs don't support her, and we don't know who's, who they are because it was a secret ballot in December, <clears throat> but considering 117 MPs don't support her, yeah, would it... In t- so if I was G- Jacob Rees-Mogg right now, who mm-hmm. is chairman of the ERG, the European Research Group, the hardcore Brexiteers in the Conservative backbenches, Yeah. Would I? I would be feeling quite annoyed because actually, the vote, the vote of no confidence tomorrow is probably going to be won by the government. Mm-hmm. But Theresa May cannot be disposed as leader via uh, a leadership election now. So if I was yeah, Jacob Rees Mogg. Yeah. yeah, so if I was Jacob Rees-Mogg, I'd be kicking myself right now, because I'd be well, saying... They, they played their cards, obviously, too early, um, and I think, as you say, over 100 MPs, uh, Conservative MPs, have voted against, um, but just shy of 200 voted for the deal, so, as you can see, the Conservative Party is relatively split down the middle between those who voted for the deal and those who voted uh, against and you know those dynamics will obviously play out as well as the arithmetic in the house of commons itself yeah um any any kind of forecasts we're in a, a an era where it's really difficult to predict uh things but uh, and you and i <laughs> You and I both before this, uh, before the deal, both said uh, we were hoping it would go the opposite way and it might just might just scrape through. Um, but do you have any predictions for for the next kind of week? I, I know you the said next week. Uh, Theresa so May. I think I, obviously tomorrow the government will win the confidence vote, um, and I think. But, you know, the, the Prime Minister will come back on Monday and I think she'll just say, uh, you resoundingly vote against my deal. I am listening. I will work uh, across uh, across the chamber and with different groups of people and MPs. Go back to Brussels and you know, remind them, because obviously they've seen t- what's happened tonight, remind them that the House of Commons would reject her deal, that if she went back with uh, basically the same deal, it would get rejected again. So I think, you know, there is scope um, for some sort of, not a full-blown renegotiation, but I think there is scope for more compromise from the European Union side, uh, particularly on the backstop. I think if we can get any legal guarantees on the backstop, either a time limit um, or any legal waiting to show MPs, uh, particularly Conservative MPs, that the backstop is only temporary and can never become a permanent relationship, which, of course, both sides have said they don't want to happen. If we can get those legal guarantees and the Prime Minister comes back with with those, I think 
it has a much better chance of um, passing a second time round. I wouldn't want to put numbers on it, but I think you would pe- you'd probably get people like Jacob Rees-Mogg and maybe even Boris Johnson voting for it. And I think the deal would just get through Parliament. If it didn't, um, I can't see a second referendum happening because there is no time. Uh, as I said, I don't think there'll be an election because it, the, there's no time again. Uh, I don't think the British people would stand for an extension of Article uh, 50, although obviously that remains on the table. Um, what I think will happen is we'll have to leave uh, without a deal. Um, if they renegotiated her deal, Prime Minister's deal plus, if we call it that, gets rejected a second time, I think the most likely outcome uh, is that we leave on March 29th without any transition or implementation period uh, in place. Yeah. But as you both said, we were both wrong back in December, uh, so the, the chances are I'm probably wrong. Oh, we're Again, both wrong. No, we were both it. wrong about two hours ago. <laughs> yeah, I remained optimistic right up until uh, the dying moment. So it's just a bit of me that for it, people going through the lobby, um, they might, you know, just think twice about how they're going to vote. But I think people had become so entrenched that there was no way they were going to budge. Um, so. I did remain optimistic up until the last minute, but I think I did. I think my head knew that the uh, the defeat was coming. Yeah, and Theresa May, I think, played her cards very well straight away after. Yeah, um, I think she struck definitely struck the right tone, um, and obviously said she you know, she laid down the challenge to Corbyn and said, "Look, you know, put a confidence of no a no confidence motion in my government, bring it on." Um, I think that was the right thing to do, um, and we'll have to wait with bated breath for what happens uh, tomorrow. But as you know, 24 hours is a very long time uh, in politics. Especially in modern politics right now. Um, Joshua, thank you. Thank you so much for coming on. In like, Yeah, no problem at all. I've got to go because I've got a bit more work to, a bit more work to do before I can actually go to sleep. Uh, well, I hope uh, Rachel appreciates your work. <laughs> well, <laughs> and, I'm sure she does. I'm sure she does. And uh, she did vote for the deal. I, I double checked. Uh, yeah, so. I can, she did vote for the deal. I can confirm that. That's not a secret. Yeah. So, uh, Joshua, thank you. It's been awesome having you. Thank you for your analysis. And, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens in the next 24 hours. Um, Josh. Thank you very much, and have a no, good thanks, evening. So we're back the next day, and Jeremy Corbyn's motion of no confidence started at 1pm, straight after Prime Minister's questions today, and concluded at just after 7pm. And the government retained the confidence of the House by a total of 19 votes. With me, I have someone you know very well, Dunk. Hello. Hello, Hugo. How are we tonight? Yeah, somewhat relieved that the government's still standing and we're not heading into the prospect of a general election. Uh, how are you? Yeah, I'm uh, very well. Um, 
keen, keen to discuss tonight's happenings and last night's happenings because it's all making for a very interesting story. It is, and that's what we like to bring you on this podcast. Interesting stories. Tell us, what are your thoughts on the momentous defeat last night on the government's withdrawal deal and also tonight on the fail of Jeremy Corbyn's no-confidence motion? So last night, as we know, Theresa May got herself in the history books. She got herself in the history book, not for a great Brexit deal, but for the biggest defeat in parliamentary history in the United Kingdom. That takes some doing, but what I love most about that is 118 of her own MPs voted against her. That's one more that voted against her in the no-confidence leadership vote, so she is hemorrhaging MPs, albeit at a slow rate, but they are slowly turning against her as did most of the House for this vote, at a 68% defeat. Th- that that bill, Parliament showed that that bill, that deal, no, we will not stand for it. We do not want it. And obviously, Theresa May then had, after that, three days to come up with a new plan, a backup plan, and present that to Parliament. And she spent the first day of that three days in Parliament trying to save her job when in my view she should have been in Europe trying to negotiate Angela Merkel has said you know there is time to negotiate we will want to hear from the Prime Minister what what we can do what stages we are at what needs changing but instead Theresa May spent a day sitting on her ass in Parliament arguing the party for power when she should have been in Europe arguing for the future of this country you mean today? Yes. But whose fault was that? That wasn't Theresa May's fault. She didn't call a motion of no confidence in her own government. So you could argue that she should have been in Brussels and also talking to party political leaders from other parties in the country to try and come up with a solution to the massive defeat from last night. But she didn't call a no confidence by herself. That was Jeremy Corbyn. So... Corbyn has effectively delayed this negotiation another day after he's been saying that the government's been wasting time. He actually has just wasted more time. I'm not saying to the same extent, but he's just wasted more time. It's Jeremy Corbyn's fault. The reason why Theresa May's not not in the Prime Minister in last night's debates that did promise if he tabled a motion she would see it into Parliament today? Oh yeah, totally. But Theresa May kind of had to say that. But Jeremy Corbyn didn't have to table the motion. Did he not? Surely the biggest defeat in the long history of our democracy warrants a no-confidence vote. Yeah, her own party had a vote into her no-confidence. Well, yes, in, indeed. And like he said last night in his speech in normal times, um, the Prime Minister would have gone by now <laughs> with a massive defeat on um, kind of uh, flagship policy Prime Ministers in the past have historically gone or um, or even called a no confidence motion in their own government like John Major did uh, back in the 90s and won uh, so what, what I'm saying is 
Theresa May was right to say, yes, we should, you know, if a, if a opposition party wants to put down a no-confidence motion, we'll allow time for that. And, she, you know, she was generous about that. I mean, Convention says that for no-confidence motions and with government, um, Convention says that the uh, government should make time for that at the earliest opportunity. So that's, that's kind of set in stone. Um, but Jeremy Corbyn could have waited until that deal, for example, came back for a second time where more concessions have been made or something has changed and MPs voted on the withdrawal agreement again. And then he could have said, right, OK, you really don't have confidence in Parliament, do you? You've, you've gone back to Brussels, you've tried your best. Now uh, I want you to fall and I want a general election. So he could have done it at another time. Instead, he's just wasted another day straight after the day where, like you say, Theresa May probably should have been in Brussels trying to negotiate some movement on her withdrawal deal so it actually commands the confidence of the House and gets through and we leave in an orderly way on the 29th of March. Is there a reason why she couldn't have been in Brussels today? Because she was fighting for her political life and her government's political life. She was perfectly happy for Gove to do a lot of this. Oh, Gove. You know, I, she she opened up the debate at one o'clock. I, I watched it all day uh, in the background. She opened up the debate at one o'clock, took so many interventions, more than the leader of the opposition, Corbyn. Um, so, I mean, you could argue, should Jeremy Corbyn have closed off um, his side of the debate? No, his deputy did it. Gove covered for Theresa May in the same way that Watson covered covered for Corbyn. Yeah, she, she opened it at one o'clock. Last time I checked, the flight to Paris takes about 40, 45 minutes. She could have been there and back before the vote even happened. But she wouldn't have gone to Paris. She would have gone to Strasbourg or Brussels, where all the EU you, leaders you were meeting. You get my point. You can easily nip to Europe and back within an hour. Yes, but she was fighting Tony for Blair her political life. at the height of a national emergency. Well, that was a national emergency, we're under attack. But that's Tony Blair, this is Theresa May. Two very different people, in more ways than one. Anyway... True, true. One of them, one of them won landslide elections. Well, indeed. <laughs> Shush, <laughs> you. Um, so, tonight... Well, I, well, I think... I think one of the interesting things we should definitely talk about with this vote tonight, though, is the fact without the DUP, she would have lost. Yes. So, obviously, it shows they have a very, the, the, the supply and confidence deal they have. It's in a very healthy state, but... Although... She's now more tied than ever to the DUP. Scary for her. But do you think that... Um, do you think that their no-confidence motion was a bit of a distraction from yesterday. I do. What, to, to distract us from yesterday? No, no, was a distraction from yesterday for Parliament. No, because I, I definitely feel it is warranted. Uh, so it's not a distraction at all. It is a serious look at our government and if they can still fulfil the role in which they were brought in to do. Yeah. 
but no one has come up with an alternative. And there's an argument, I said this yesterday, or earlier in the podcast, if you're listening on the podcast, um, that there's this really weird conundrum that happened last night with the vote against the withdrawal deal, which was, so Parliament are saying the majority of us don't want no deal, but what they did was historically voted in the biggest rejection of a government policy in history, in the UK electoral history, um, what they effectively did was by not backing the deal, they kind of backed the default position set out in law, which is a no-deal exit from the European Union on the 29th of March. So they cut off their nose to spite their face at the moment because there isn't a majority for anything else. And the default position, as set out in the EU Withdrawal Act 2018, is we leave with no deal. So they, they're complaining about no deal, and they don't want no deal, but they effectively just pushed us ever closer towards it, to the point where Ireland, this uh, Leo Vad... Vad how do you say his name? <laughs> The Prime Minister for uh, Ireland, Leo Vadrico or something like that, uh, said today that his government has stepped up plans for no deal exit because that is now the most likely option um, given the vote of no confidence... uh, Sorry, given the vote down of the deal yesterday. So the, the government... So Parliament want something, or don't want something, but they voted for it in the same way. True, but Parliament also showed they did not want that deal. One of the most contentious issues, obviously, being the backstop agreement. And the only way to get to the Prime Minister to go and change that is to vote it down, because if they voted for the, that deal and they went, actually, no, you know what, hang on, we've accepted it, but actually we didn't like this overall go back and do it like well no you, 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 you've accepted it we obviously you know as you say you can't have a second vote on something once it's uh, set in stone so we'd have been stuck with a backstop that we didn't particularly want of the country and its trading relationships as we go as to a non-european union country so the only way to go around that is to vote the deal down yes it puts us in a default position of a no deal brexit but it gives time to get another deal on the table before the 29th of March. Yes, that might be rushed, but you know what? We've got the framework for a deal. Theresa May can go back to Europe. She can start, see what she can get out of them. You know, Merkel said, we're ready to negotiate. Please come to us. Macron has been speaking. It seems like he's willing to give a bit of room to budge. And, you know, recently Germany's manufacturing industries have been going through a bit, a bit of a shift. I wonder if that's anything to do with the fact if we leave on a no deal, that's going to heavily affect their manufacturing industry. And as they see we move more and more likely towards a no deal, whether through sheer incompetence on part of the government or willingness, they are actually going to realise, you know, we, we, we haven't just bluffed it, we've managed to blunder in towards throwing ourselves off a cliff and now, if they want a good trading relationship, they've got to try and stop us from doing that. 
so Dunk, what do you think are the next kind of possibilities? Now we've had a no confidence motion that Labour lost. We're not heading in for a general election. The withdrawal deal has been voted down in its current form. What could be next? Well, next, I think um, tonight Theresa May might go home, take a, a nice long bath, and go, oh, OK, I'm still in. And I imagine she's going to be on the phone to a hell of a lot of people over the next few days from Labour, from the Lib Dems, from the, um, I was going to say the Conservatives, yes, the Conservatives, um, the SNP, the DUP, Liberal Democrats, everybody, she's going to be on the phone, you know, what is what what is, what is that final straw in this deal that has broken the, the camel's back? What is it that makes this deal so untenable for you? And find that out and going through and trying to have to dissect all 423 votes against it to find out, you know, what, what, what is it I need to change? Is it one bit? Is it the whole goddamn thing? And if she can find out what needs changing, go to Europe, or if, or if, they, if it's already within the leeway we've got, change it to Parliament. But I'm under no illusions. In two days' time or closer to March, if she's sent away to get even a better deal, any deal we see from her government is going to be a redressed version of this. There is no way in hell she has the time or the ability to completely throw this deal in the bin and go and get a new one. And so that's we're going to be working and... out what needs to be changed, what we can change, whether Europe can give us a bit more leeway, whether we can get some legal assurances from Europe, or whether it's on the backstop or a customs union. But that's also for Labour, that is one part. Labour wants a custom union. As far as they are concerned, any deal for them to vote with needs a custom union, and now that is a problem for Theresa May. And what, what you just said about Theresa May doesn't have the time to go back, rip it up and try and put together a new deal, nor does Labour. So where does Labour stand on this? Because actually, if they if they had got their wish tonight and got the no-confidence motion in 14 days, a general election was called because no-one could command the confidence of the House of Commons, um, and say Labour was voted in in two months' time, which is pretty much, if a general election was on the cards in, four, in two weeks' time if Labour had won this no-confidence motion, the general election would be pretty much within two weeks, roughly, of us actually leaving. So then Labour come into power on a hypothetical two weeks before exit day, then what? Because Jeremy Corbyn is saying this deal is awful, this deal is so bad. We can't do we can't have this deal. But he would have two weeks before exit day by law um to come up with a better option, which the EU has already said nah not going to happen. So Labour is absolutely stuffed on this because the, the EU are not going to renegotiate the withdrawal agreement. They might renegotiate the political declara- declaration, which is a le- non-legal, legally binding text, but they're not going to renegotiate the withdrawal agreement or certainly not 
as heavily as Corbyn wants or Keir Starmer wants. So that leaves Labour in, the exa- in an even worse predicament than the government because they, they might get elected into power but they'd be elected onto power in a complete false pretense of, oh, yeah, no, of course, we're going to change this this withdrawal agreement and we're going to make it better and we're going to have a customs union and we're going to protect uh, employment rights, blah, blah, blah. but they wouldn't be able to because there would be only two weeks until exit day. Well, the, the, you could have one of two very obvious courses of action. You could attempt to seek an extension of the Article 50 period from Europe, which they have said they are would be open to. If you extend Article 50, you have to extend Article 50 for a, for a reason. You can't extend... The EU won't allow the UK to extend Article 50 for more negotiation. The EU will allow Article 50 to be extended either for a general election or a referendum, some democratic process. The EU will not extend Article 50. The 27 won't extend Article 50 just for more bargaining to try and happen and for Jeremy Corbyn or Theresa May to go, oh, yeah, but can we just spend another couple of weeks on this because I really want to get this deal through Parliament. So That's why I said it was one of two options because you could lobby Europe for that or you could suspend Article 50 and only reactivate and reactivate it after you've had more time to barter with them. But the EU won't barter without the um, Article 50 being triggered. And a re-triggering of Article 50 causes a fresh two-year period. By law, that's what they said, by law, as soon as Article 50 is triggered. At no point do, do we have any legislation that says it's a cumulative... T- period that you only have two years and you and it would count down from that yeah it doesn't pause yeah you're right it doesn't pause the current article 50 period just reading the background um the smp leader ian blackford is in number 10 now speaking to mrs may about the issue with uh, the withdrawal agreement now we know that Ian Blackford uh, and the SNP want another referendum. They want the deal put back to the people. Um, So they're going to push very heavily for that, obviously, uh, because why would their public... Why would their private stance change from their public stance? Um, So, yeah... uh, Lots, lots, kind of going on in the background, and yeah, Theresa May is trying to sort sort something out. Do you think by Monday we're going to have something, a plan B, a definitive plan B? I think we are going to have May say, "I've listened to you. I've." taken on board what you dislike i'm going back to europe i'm going to speak with macron i'm going to speak with merkel i'm going to speak with yonkers i'm going to speak with tusk and i'm going to see what i can get us but it is going to be a form of this deal uh we will see if we can get rid of the backstop we if we can come to an agreement on the border on the island of ireland 
that might help solidify a more future relationship. But on the whole, it's going to be a lot of... We'll, we, I'm sure we can get Europe to completely renegotiate, but actually the subtext is going to be we're not going to get that many more improvements, but we are going to try to see what we can actually achieve, what we can get. Um, because also Europe now actually believes that we could end it with a no deal, that they now see that as an actual possibility, not necessarily one we want, but it could end up like that. So now they might be willing to give a, f a few more inches, and if they give an inch, we can take a mile. So we sorted on that, that level. But a definitive plan B, not so much. Maybe move some more monies into contingency funds, uh, release some more plans on what to happen, what will happen in a no-deal scenario, and she'll probably ask every member of parliament to cross their fingers. Now, lastly, before we go, do you think if you were, and I said this to jo uh, Josh earlier, if you were Jacob Rees-Mogg tonight, and or even after yesterday, but especially tonight, would you have felt that you played your cards? too soon on trying to remove Theresa May as Conservative leader because uh, we obviously have the no confidence vote in Theresa May's leadership in the Conservative Party by Conservative backbenchers in December 117 of her own backbench MPs voted against her if you were Jacob Rees-Mogg would you feel that you had been kind of you had shortchanged yourself and that had you have kept that card under your sleeve and encouraged your MPs not to hand in the 48 letters until after the vote on the deal, um, w would you, would Jacob Rees-Mogg have got his wish of getting rid of Theresa May as Conservative leader? Had he had done that tonight or tomorrow? If I were him tonight or last night, I'd probably be thinking, we don't know which 117 MPs voted against her in the vote of no confidence. No. None of us vote. Uh, we can try and guess, and some have spoken out. But we know yesterday 118 voted against her, and we, we do know who they are. That information is published. And now, even if he did it last night... Or, or uh, sorry, not last night. Well, maybe if he started lobbying for it last night and today to get those letters sent in now. Would he have gotten a bigger majority? Possibly, but enough to topple her? I don't think so. And I, I think he, in his mind, I think he played his cards right because it forced a delay in her putting her plan to Parliament. That does make one look a bit weak. And then you see her get the worst defeat in parliamentary history the day after. Um, uh, sorry, yeah, well, uh, sorry, no. I was thinking about, about the, uh, the, uh, the vote, no confidence. But I think he's probably there thinking, what, yeah, OK, what can I do next? But now he, what he's probably thinking is, well, they don't like her deal. No deal's on the table. What have I been campaigning for for the past 40? Oh, well, yes, no deal, exit. Oh, I can, uh, I can, I'm going to step up here. Obviously, you can't challenge her for leadership. 
but he can become a more forthrighteous voice in the Conservative Party. A lot of people will be listening to him now because he's one of the few voices for reasons for a no-deal Brexit. And going forward, if we can't get another deal through, there's going to be a lot of people looking towards no-deal Brexiters for maybe not leadership, but the reason, and he seems to have that reason. So I think he's probably going to have quite a snug night of sleep tonight, whereas Theresa May's going to probably be tossing and turning in number 10 and wishing she'd never got herself elected as leader. She didn't get elected as leader. However, we've just had some breaking news, and I'm not a news podcast. We're not We're not a new po- news podcast. But Theresa May is going to make a statement live in Downing Street tonight at 10pm, which, as we record this, in, is in 57 minutes' time. So it would be interesting to see what she comes out with at 10pm. Um, now, that's just come straight from kind of Politico lobby lobby uh, members of the media. Um, what do you think, and obviously this is uh, uh, speculation, uh, I, I think she's going to come out and say, uh, well, what, okay, I don't know what she's going to come out and say, but what I, what I don't think she will come out and say is I am resigning or I want there to be a general election and I want the House of Commons to vote on a supermajority for one. I think those two options are ruled out. Uh, I think it's going to be very much a speech, very similar to the one she did on the night before the no-confidence vote. We need to come together, we need unity. It's going to be much of that. Um, I'm, I'm going to speak with our European allies to, uh, to hope that we can get a, a firm and future relationship of closeness and love and gratitude with them going forward that includes everything from finances to food to services to security. Uh, keeping our citizens and the citizens of Europe safe from all threats, future and foreign. We will get a deal that spans the width and the breadth of this country. It means no border in Ireland or at Gibraltar. And life as Britain can carry on. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, I would, I would probably surmise yeah I'll probably surmise that's that's what she'll say as well uh we will wait Dunk I will speak to you later you shall yes uh because I with, with a statement from the Prime Minister coming from Downing Street I don't think it's a good idea to close off this momentous 48 hours in British politics uh without hearing what she has to say and hearing the reaction from it so yes we will be back this evening the government has won the confidence of parliament this now gives us all the opportunity to focus on finding a way forward on brexit i understand that to people getting on with their lives away from westminster the events of the past 24 hours will have been unsettling Overwhelmingly, the British people want us to get on with delivering Brexit. Okay, Dunk, I've just played the first 20 seconds or so of Theresa May's speech. It went on for 
about a minute and a half. Uh, what do you make of it? She, in my, in my analysis, she didn't say anything that she hasn't already said in the last twenty four hours. She just bunged it together in a statement. Essentially, it's just going. Yep, I'm still here, still getting on with it. Um, not going anywhere. So don't you worry. I'm here. I'm getting on with the job. Um, yeah, it, underwhelming. To be honest, almost a waste of their time. You know, I could, I could have been doing something else. Um, uh, Are you saying you have also a chance to bash Corbyn a bit, and uh, yeah, not really much added to the the whole thing. I mean, we'd heard earlier today there'll be cross party talks that she was inviting people over. We knew she was going to see what she could get from the house, or uh, what she, uh, what the house wanted. So there's just nothing new added here. No, it was slightly, it was slightly boring and, as you said, underwhelming. Yeah, kind of. What what else she said in that statement was she's had meetings with the SNP Westminster leader, uh, the DUP leader, and Reply Cymru leader, uh, and she's disappointed that Jeremy Corbyn has turned down the offer to meet her. Uh, but, quote, the door is open for the leader of the opposition, end quote. Uh, so, do you think Jeremy Corbyn has shot himself in the foot here? Uh, no, because as you said earlier in the podcast, uh, Parliament is vehemently uh, against no Brexit and Corbyn's only position was remove no Brexit and I will come and talk. So if anything, you mean no deal. from your own admission, he's representing the views of Parliament as a you, whole. You mean no deal? Yes, yeah, sorry, yes, no deal, not no Brexit. No deal. My apologies, it's late, it was a slip of the tongue. Yeah, yeah, no, it's... Yeah, OK. Um, yes, he is upholding what Parliament majority seems to be we don't know but it seems to be um but by not going to the talks he's not putting forward any other plan which says this is better than no deal so i i have a feeling that um without permission we'll probably get a senior i i, I kind of hope keir starmer might go in his stead uh, but there'll be other members of the Labour Party going over to have these talks on behalf of Labour, albeit without the, the blessing of Corbyn or MacDonald or the the, 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 cap, uh, the shadow cabinet. Because I think at the end of the day, um, Corbyn is trying to play politics and I really don't think he cares too much and he'll do anything he can to make her look bad. Um, and I think at times he's putting himself, not necessarily the party, but just himself over actually not even himself his criticisms of may over the national interest so i reckon we will see senior or well-known labor mps going over talking in his place and potentially see them rise within the labor party and potentially new leaders with it if he doesn't get it off his bum and go and do it because it is the future of the country at stake jeremy go and talk to her Thank you very much, Dunk, for your analysis and comment tonight. Thank you for having me, as always. And um, we will see you soon. And that is it from the... Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye.
And that is it from the Sug Sound podcast. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and uh, share it on your social media. And we will be back soon. This was a special podcast about uh, the withdrawal agreement and emotional no confidence. The withdrawal agreement may lost, the confidence motion Corbyn lost. It is one all. Where will we be in the next week? Find out on the next episode of Sug Sound. See ya! Please do join in the conversation on social media. Our hashtag is Sug Sound. Follow me on Facebook and Twitter at Hugo Sug. And be sure to rate and subscribe so other people can find this podcast.